学名バギナデンタル日本名を八つ目なのナマズという名前がついていますがナマズの仲間でもなくごく原始的な行事です We should relocate the show to Ghana. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Africa seems all right. Maybe. Ghana has a lower crime rate than Louisville. Does it? That's what I read on the internet when I was comparing crime rates. Oh. I don't know if they're collected the same way or anything, but. I don't know anything about African、uh, politics and the specifics of different countries in Africa. Some of them are good. I know that some of them are a real shit show. Yeah. But I don't know which ones they you know, are. If you go to Uganda, you have to worry about Tiger Mafia. Shit. Yeah.、Uh, and. No, wait, no, they took care of the Tiger Mafia. Oh, yeah? I think. Is that what that Tiger King thing was about? No, that was who, it was who killed Captain Alex. Oh. He was taken,、oh. on, the, yeah, he was taken on the Tiger Mafia. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was a movie. That, that was quite a movie. I loved it. It,、yeah. was, it was like the special effects were so fun, and everybody was just like giving it their all the whole time. And that, that's beautiful. Yeah.、Uh, did they ever actually reveal who killed Captain Alex? I don't recall. It's been a long time since I saw it. I feel like at the end they were like. There was like a, sub, like a little title card that came up as, like, but who killed Captain Alex? So、oh, it doesn't sound. I think, yeah, I think you're right.、Um, and there were a bunch of cards for, like, I guess other movies they were doing. And at the very end, there was just one that just said Ebola in huge letters. It didn't seem to be a movie or anything, <laughs> maybe just a general warning.、Uh, well, I guess America's still our best bet for now.、Uh, for now. Short so, term. Yeah, they're going to repeal the First Amendment, so I won't be able to do this show much longer. Yeah, that's true.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, then maybe we could become famous civil rights icons and do it underground. I feel like being a famous civil rights icon just means you're going to get murdered. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, we were going to die anyway. Yeah, eventually. I'm just going to accelerate it a little bit. But、uh, yeah, if we become civil rights icons, we don't have to work at Domino's, so we got that going for us. I don't know if they would take me back at Domino's because I just ghosted them. So <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it. I was like, what if I just reapplied? Right. Well, he's a fake name. I mean, you could always work at Pizza Hut. Yeah, I could. I'm sure it's pretty much the same. Or Papa John's. Any pizza chain, really, besides Domino's. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could find a, a smaller pizza outfit to work for. One、uh, that's、uh, more. Could work at like a beer nose, perhaps. Yeah. Or、um, Jets, maybe. Yeah, Jets. Jets. I think that's the dream to work、yeah. at Jets. Jets is pretty good. Their pizza is a rectangle. Yeah.、Um, I've actually never had Jets before. I've only heard good things about them. Let's order up some Jets. All right. I don't think there's one by you. No, there isn't. That's why I haven't had any. There's one by where I used to live.、Um, then a bunch of people got murdered at the Bungalow Joe's last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And apparently there was. Where's, sh- wait, where's Bungalow Joe's?、Uh, it's over、uh, in like Fern Creek. Oh, okay. Uh, like, off like、uh, the jeans, off like the Snyder. Wow. Yeah. A, apparently some guy just came up and was just like, 
pow, 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 and just like shot three people. <laughs> yeah, it was like a block away from where I used to live, and I used to like go on like nightly walks and would pass it. So <laughs> I could be dead now. Great. Yeah. Uh, what a world we live in. Oh, I think there's also a shooting at the Jefferson Mall. Oh. Yeah. What's, what a world we live in. Well, it's so, a good thing you're moving back in with your mom where it's safe. Yeah. These truly are five weeks of fright. <laughs> oh, boy. What a frightful world we live in. Sure do. And it's not, you know, brag on America a lot, but it's not really any better in Japan where today's film takes place. Well, I think it was better in Japan, but at a certain point, a certain creature from the Amazon was uh, brought into the country, and then Japan became a lot less safe. Yeah. But we'll get to that here in a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Welcome, everybody, once again to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. And uh, we're continuing our five weeks of fright talking about real-world fright. and uh, Getting real depressed. Getting real depressed. Thinking about existential problems, uh, finances, those are terrifying. Yeah. But you have a job again now. I do have a job again. Or now. still have a job. Whatever. You're not the I'm best. not going to have to figure out how to pay back my 401k loan in one big lump sum, which was going to be impossible. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. That was a, that's a nightmare. I got my, <laughs> I've been living off my 401k. And then when I got my taxes back, the IRS is like, hey, you owe us an extra 600 yeah. <laughs> Which was excellent and something I really wanted to pay. Yeah. Uh, well. How terrifying. Yeah. Everything's Very so, spooky. Everything's so frightening in the world. <laughs> Maybe everything's so frightening. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is, to the best of my knowledge, uh, nobody at this table or in this house is having to deal with the fright of a sexual parasite. That's true. Yeah. I guess. That, w- that we know of. Yeah. Uh, but. I haven't been to the clinic in a while. <laughs> I guess that's a valid point. Um, so, yeah, uh, today we're going to talk about a uh, beautiful uh, film. This is actually the most recent film that we've talked about. Oh, yeah. Uh, our first dip into semi-modernish stuff, although this is 16 years yeah, old so now. It's still almost, yeah, 20 years old, but. Uh, we're talking about 2004's film Sexual Parasite Killer Pussy by uh, Takayo Nakano. Yeah. And uh, it is quite a film. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we dig into that, uh, we want to remind you guys once again to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Raincoat Report. Uh, Jeremy's been really killing it with the PR lately, getting our name out there. Yeah. Uh, we could see listenership kicking up, so that's good. Yeah, We're harass up. Joe Rogan. <laughs> He's a liar. <laughs> and I'm trying to siphon off as many of his listeners slash viewers as possible. Yeah, I wonder how big the overlap really is there. I don't know. I feel like if you're into Joe Rogan, you might like old porn. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if like, you know, there are like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people following joe rogan i got so a, certainly there's a there's a cross section there somewhere i got one follower after i posted that so <laughs> you know at least we're starting to peel him away it's going to take a little bit because he's a real um piece of shit legend <laughs> so it's going to take a minute i mean if i he hosted the fear factor right Is that yeah what he got? if i'd hosted the fear factor we'd be huge 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, you you weren't a member of the cast on news radio. Oh yeah. Phil Hartman was though, and now he's dead. That's true. Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe You're Rogan. Next. Yeah. Once we kill your viewership. Yeah, we've already peeled away point zero 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 one percent of your listenership, and we're coming for the rest. Most definitely. Um, I think if I was on Fear Factor, I would make someone eat the sexual parasite if I was the host. And <laughs> be like, you have to eat this or you don't get the million dollars. I feel like that might make things in life more difficult on you if no. you're around the person who eats the sexual parasite. I'm going to film in a remote location. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably what we would have to do right now anyway with the uh, current world situation. It's true. A uh, remote fear factor. Yeah. Yep, that's fear factor for you. Yep, that's fear factor for you. Yeah, check us out on social media. I thought about starting a Facebook page, yeah. too. Um, if that comes to pass, I'll... Uh, you'll know. One good you'll thing about know. us uh, not being that popular thus far is that we don't have to worry about there being a fake raincoat report Facebook. Oh, yeah. Not that's, yet, anyway. That's true. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Maybe we do need to start one just to have one. Yeah, just to... To establish our spot. Okay. We, we're the original. We're, we're the real the, one. I'm going to raise original raincoat report. Ray, famous Ray's original raincoat report <laughs> is the name of it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, is there anything, do you know anything about the, the director? You got any fun facts for us today? Uh, not really. Um, just, you know, what I picked up on uh, looking at like IMDb stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I looked at IMDb too, and they're like, this is the first J-Sploitation film. Yeah, I saw that. I don't, that seems dubious, but. Yeah, I really don't know what qualifies. Yeah, I mean, because if we if we look at the history of Japanese films, uh, there is a long history of what they call pink films, right. um, which include uh, things such as the Nikatsu Roman porno films and the Toei Pinky Violence films, mm-hmm. um, which we will definitely delve into in the near future. I assumed that. When we dug into Japanese film, we would probably start with one of those, because uh, those are a uh, big mainstay in the 70s and 80s, but uh, but this, this one, came up first, yeah. and uh, we had to jump on it. Yeah, it's scary. It is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's five days of fright. Five weeks of fright? Five weeks. It's five weeks of fright? Yes. Uh, and we definitely needed to get something frightening going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially after the misstep that was Dark Dreams. Right. <laughs> Um, this is definitely a better film. Oh, yeah. It is perhaps a less erotic film in a lot of ways, but it's great and it has erotic elements. I think it depends on what you consider erotic. I mean, I guess well. that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Takao Nakano uh, directed several films, um, looks like 16 based on IMDb. Uh, he did a lot of writing for Ultraman series, which okay. is kind of fun because, you know, especially more recently, those series are very child-oriented. Yeah. Um, but he started his career doing a lot of, uh, you know, a- adult exploitation-y type things, uh, including this, although this is later in his career. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he actually started uh, making stuff. Um, his first writing credits in 87, his first directing credit in 91. So he'd been doing this for a while. Sexual Parasite Killer Pussy, again, was made in 2004. Um, he had already established himself as a director, but this is a this is a fun, low-ish budget project yeah. uh, shot on video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty cool. Uh, his most recent directing credit was back in 2010, so 10 years ago now, okay. uh, with The Big Tits Dragon, which... <laughs> Sounds like something we probably need to cover at some point. Yeah, I think I saw, like, he had maybe a Big Tit series. Oh, yeah. I think there were a few of them. But, uh, yeah, and so it's uh, it's quite a uh, legacy he leaves behind him. Um, But, yeah, speaking to Japanese uh, adult films in general, there is a level of... uh, you know, censorship in Japan in the sense that they don't uh, believe in showing the pubic region on mm. film. Yeah. Um, largely blurred out. I think there is a, a like, split-second instance of blurring in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, a lot of the directors tend to just shoot things to where that area is just uh, obscured. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the uh, 70s and 80s films that I've seen Granted, it's only been a few uh, Japanese films, but um, there's like a, a foreground object that's like covering that part of the frame where you would see something like that. Right. Yeah, I've seen that in the few that I've watched as well. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, despite the fact that we're not going to see uncensored hardcore films uh, coming directly from Japan, um, stuff like this kind of shows how creative the. Uh, Japanese uh, adult market can be. Um, I think that in some way they kind of have to make up for the fact that uh, they're not being quite as explicit as uh, these films are in other parts of the world okay. with their uh, creativity. Yeah, and you do that with gore makeup and puppets. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always I've always been a fan of uh, Japanese entertainment because it's very. In a general sense, a lot of it's very surreal and yeah. weird. Yeah, and it's very, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, the land of the giant monster. Yeah, the land of the giant monster. The the kaiju, as they call it. Yeah. Uh, the, the Ultramen, the all ul- of them. Yeah, every every one of those Ultramen. Yeah, those Power Rangers, the the, the common riders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's and the land of pageantry. It's a land of Gamera. Yeah, it is the land of Gamera, too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. any any place that can bring you a giant uh, turtle that has jet engines that propel it through the sky is a land for me. Yeah, maybe we can relocate the show there. I like the idea. We're kind of, we're pretty big, though. We'll be... We're going to be big in Japan, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we're going to tower over them. We're gonna we're gonna have to stay in those tiny hotel rooms. It's definitely all we'll be able to afford. Those things scare me. I don't really want to be in one at all. Yeah, I feel like I'm not. I don't know that I'm claustrophobic. I've never been like stuck in a coffin or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that that's what it's like to be in those uh, hotel rooms. Can you get in that cabinet behind you? You squeeze yourself down. Um, if it were completely empty, I probably could. Okay, well. We're going to take a break while I empty out the cabinet. Uh, <laughs> then Boss is going to finish recording the episode inside of it so we can see if Japan is the place for us.
Uh, we're gonna be big in Japan for sure. <laughs> Too big for Japan. Too big for Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so this film really functions more as a horror film than it does, uh, but it as a uh, sex film. But it has uh, definitely exploitative uh, sexual elements. Yeah, it's probably on par, like sex-wise, with like the stuff you'd see on like Cinemax or like old HBO at night. Softcore, yeah, stuff like stuff. that, but uh, crazier. Oh, definitely, <laughs> without a doubt. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take a small break here, and then we're gonna come back and talk a bit more about sexual parasite killer pussy. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome back. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about Sexual Parasite, Killer Pussy. Okay. So our film starts in the Amazon River Basin, where we have an expedition going down with mm-hmm. uh, a group of, uh, I believe it's three Japanese folk. Yeah. We have uh, Naoto, who is described as from the Maru- Maruhi... Suisan Sales Department, whatever that is. Okay. Uh, we have Sayoko, who is a marine biologist, and we have a, an unnamed guide that's with them. Yes. Um, it's explained that they traveled into the Amazon to find the legendary Aparachi no Mogi, a thing said to have the power to rip the earth. So, as this is explained, um, they have apparently caught this creature yeah. and uh, trapped it in a cooler. So they kind of open the cooler and look at it and note that it has a hideous face. Uh, but as this is going on, a uh, what appears to be some sort of native witch doctor yeah. shoots a dart at him. Shaman, a witch doctor. Yeah, he's not pleased. Yeah, he is trying to tell them to stay away from it and uh, says that a demon resides within. Um, they aren't really listening to him, basically. Uh, so Sayoko sits on the cooler, um, and the witch doctor's trying to tell him to stop. Uh, but as that happens, the cooler rumbles and the demon fish bursts upward. And, uh, we get a (laughs) a shot of it swimming inside, uh, Sayoko's body. Yeah. Right into her vaginal canal. Yeah. We get a lot of vaginal canal shots in this film. I like it. Yeah, we don't see a lot of those in the films we cover. No, they should incorporate them more. Yeah. But they don't. They make uh they make tiny cameras nowadays that you can like just get off of Amazon that you can just jam in any old orifice. Are they orifice safe for sure? Um, I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll <laughs> order a couple and plant them and see if everyone's okay. Yeah, we'll uh we'll uh shoot first and ask questions later, so to speak, with that footage. Yes. So, uh, Sayoko's been implanted with a sexual parasite. Yep. So, she uh, falls to the ground, surrounded by blood, and uh, 
Naoto, her uh, partner there, is yelling her name, and uh, the camera fades out, and we get our title card for Sexual Parasite, Killer Pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, as the credits are going, um, they give, like, an overview uh, of the sexual parasite that doesn't really apply to the rest of the film. Like, they just talk about it um, being known in Japan as Namazu, and that it survives by entering a woman's vagina and living inside of it. It grows and waits for prey to feed off of. Uh, it cannot be removed. The only way to remove it is through electric shock. Okay. That might come, might apply later. So, we then cut and see a van full of people yep. uh, driving through the woods in Japan somewhere else. Yep. Um, it is said that it's uh, three years later in Japan. Or no, one year later in Japan. Um. As we get introduced to this van, we see a toothed fish hanging from the mirror of the car, which I thought was an interesting touch and <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, so Hiroshi's driving the van. Um, and so we've got three women and two men in this vehicle. Yes. We have men are Hiroshi and Akira. Yes. And then your ladies are Mikage. Yeah. Uh, Mari. And Saki. Yes. Yes. So, as they're driving, they get to a certain point, and their van dies, basically. Mm-hmm. So, they have to get out and try to find somewhere to go, because none of them have cell phone service, uh, you know, conveniently enough for the plot. Yeah, of course. Classic horror trope. Uh, they say that they're going to go looking for a payphone. It does not look like an area where there's a payphone anywhere nearby. Um, so they leave and they're kind of bickering with one another as they walk. Uh, Hiroshi seems like a mostly together nice guy, but Akira is kind of a dickhead. The women start complaining and Akira yells at them, Shut up, bitches. You were all excited saying you bring your swimsuits and everything. So he's a real dickhead, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Ryoko likes him. Yeah. Yoko is Makagi? Yeah, I think I got the names transposed, trans, uh, I yeah, think, the, on there. The thing is, like, with Japanese names, a lot of times they'll do, like, the last name first yeah. on stuff. But within the film, she's called Ryoko. Yeah, everyone else goes by, like, the name they're given. She's just got to be different. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Ryoko and Saki go aside to pee. And... Um, Saki talks about how her and Ryoko haven't been keeping in touch and asks Ryoko if Akira's been nice to her, and she says it's the same as before, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. They pause for a moment, and then Saki tries to kiss Ryoko, and Ryoko stops her and says, Stop it. I told you we should stop doing that, and she walks away, Saki looking dejected. So they continue through the forest, uh, joining back up with the rest of the crew. And they finally come across, uh, like, this uh, large stone uh, structure of some sort. It almost looks like a big wall with a door in it, but yeah. uh, it's some sort of structure, and there's a sign that says, Danger, do not open. Um, Akira just disregards the sign and moves the sign and uh, finds a hole in the door, and they just kind of walk in from there. Obviously, they shouldn't have come here, as uh, any horror fan would know by this point. Yeah. 
So they get in there. The place looks old, but it has electricity. Uh, they're able to find a light. Yeah, find the light. They find um, some alcohol. Yeah, they they mentioned that it's hot, so the girls strip a bit. Yeah, um, Mari so, strips down to a pink bikini. The others down to sh- their shirts and bikini bottoms for the ladies. Yeah, the men I think stay mostly dressed the way they were. Yeah, they're not concerned about the heat. So yeah, they find kind of a room to set up kind of a base camp in where they put their uh, beds and stuff in. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside, there's alcohol and uh, pornography and everything else you'd want. So uh, yeah, Akira's getting into the alcohol. Hiroshi finds the porn and sits down and starts looking through it. Uh, Mari goes over to Hiroshi and says she's tired and asks if they can get food. Uh, she had been munching on, like, some chips or some sort of snack while they were walking, so that's kind of her thing as she's the hungry one. Yeah, that's a that's pretty common, I think, in Japanese movies, is you got to have one girl they deride as fat, even though she's, like, the same weight as everyone else. Right. <laughs> so, because she wants to get food, Hiroshi takes her hand and they walk off together. Um... So, they're walking through the building. Marie has a flashlight, and uh, she notes that they're cold now. So, they went from being hot to cold. Uh, they find a door with this weird doll on it that looks like kind of like a witch doctor or something with a mask. Mm-hmm. So, they walk in and note that it's freezing inside there. And there's this plastic sheet covering what appears to be a naked woman... Um, but they don't seem to notice that there's a naked woman behind the sheet, even though the camera seems to notice it. No, yeah, it's selective blindness. But, uh, Marie, you know, asks if there's food in there, and, uh, Hiroshi tells her that there's not. So they open up a sliding door nearby and find themselves in a bathroom with a big tub. That's filled with water already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they run back to the others and note that there's a there's a tub and working hot water in there, so they're excited. So Akira in this, uh, again, this kind of uh, base camp room that they're staying in, uh, puts on a CD. The girls start shouting requests for songs. One was Maneater and the other one was She Devil on the Wheel. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Then they play something. It's not named. Kind of, yeah, some kind of raucous Japanese heavy metal. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a a dance, little dance scene with uh, what I like to call seizure seizure vision. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of flashing lights while, uh, uh, who is it? Well, uh, Ryoko and Saki's tits just kind of bounce around. Yeah, lots of close ups on tits and ass. Yeah. It's nice. It's good. It's exploitative. Yeah, it's great. From there, we cut to uh, Marie. She is wiping soap off naked by the tub. She's singing, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands in Japanese. Yeah. Um, this is the shot where during this, uh, you there's a point where she opens her legs enough that I think that they blurred a little bit of a vagina for like a split second. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we get to see her nice looking naked body. Yeah. Uh, she gets into the hot tub, and uh, the lights kind of flicker. She calls for Hiroshi at that point. Uh, but then the girl in the plastic walks in, looking all corpsey. Yeah, that's, uh, I believe that's Sayo- Sayoko. Yeah, that's Sayoko from earlier. You know, you'll recognize her if you're able to distinguish people 
easily, which I'm not. <laughs> uh, Mari apologizes for being in her house, uh, but Sayoko just climbs into the tub with her. Uh, Mari offers to get out of the tub, but uh, Sayoko opens her mouth and we see a fishy thing peeking out of it. <laughs> Marie points that thing out to Sayoko, but Sayoko just comes across the tub and starts making out with Marie, and then wrestles with her and pulls her un- underwater uh, in, in a case where she almost seems to like drown her. But then Marie climbs out, uh, but she's wide-eyed and zombie-like, and then Sayoko just falls over in the tub. So we cut back to the other people in their little base camp room listening to music and eating um akira's quite drunk asking where all the food went hiroshi's nodded off looking at porn but sitting in a corner drooling the other girls note that marie's been gone for a long time so they wake up hiroshi and tell him to go check on her oh yeah and and to wake him up saki taps him with a lit cigarette (laughs) I burnt, so I burnt myself with the lighter earlier this week. That's by accident. Yeah, there's a really gross spot on my thigh. <laughs> uh, I'd lit something and then just put the lighter down on my leg, and it was a lot hotter than I anticipated. <laughs> it jilted me from my comfortable life into a world of pain. <laughs> so Hiroshi goes looking for Marie, and... He finds her just standing naked down a hallway facing away. He asks what's going on with her, and she tells him to follow her. So he's following her, and there's some, like, slimy, white, whitish, yellowish substance being tracked on the ground. Yeah. Uh, running down her leg, and Hiroshi says, come? Yeah. Couldn't be. <laughs> yeah, she's just wandering around like a cum-filled snail, just uh, leaving a sloppy trail wherever she goes. So, he walks into a room and sees Marie sitting on just kind of this uh, platform that's kind of ramped up. It looks like a seesaw. Yeah, kind of a seesaw stuck on one side. Yeah. He walks over to her and reaches between her legs and starts fondling her. As he's doing that, we see like a green goo rolling down the surface in front of her that he's apparently not noticing. No. Uh, But he does note that she's really wet, and she... Lunges forward and tongue kisses her, and basically they start doing it from here. Uh, we cut back to the other ones. Uh, Saki is asleep, and Ryoko and Akira are laying next to each other. Um, Akira says that him and Ryoko should have some fun together. Yeah, Akira starts fondling Ryoko's boobs. Um, they note that Saki's asleep. So. Akira starts sucking on Ryoko's titties and such. Um, And they keep going at it. He does a lot of crotch rubbing through her panties. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, again, we can't show the crotch, so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll, uh, do it outside the clothes. So we go back to Marie and Hiroshi. He's going down on her. They're really sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Hiroshi stops to say, this is different from usual. Then we get a shot from inside her vagina looking out at him. Yeah. Uh, so he mounts her for missionary sex, but then we see the creature sliding down her vaginal canal. Hiroshi says, this feels really tingly. It almost hurts. Hey, it hurts. Stop. What? 
And then we see blood flowing down the ramp below his legs as he cries out in pain. And we get a cartoonish munching sound. Yeah, it's like a real Scooby-Doo like bite sound. But it's like... <laughs> right. If they were eating a, a six-layer sandwich or yeah, something. Yeah, right. Or biting through cartilage and uh, severing a penis. Yeah. You know, when either of those things happens on That's, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> happened uh, in some of the movies that they made later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scooby-Doo and the sexual parasite. I love it. Yeah. Did you see that one? I, I must have missed that one. Yeah, um, all the Harlem Globetrotters get devoured. <laughs> so he falls to the ground, bleeding everywhere. The others hear the screaming, which uh, alarms them, of course. So they go looking for him. Uh, Akira slips in the goo in the hallway. <laughs> uh, they walk into the room that Hiroshi was in and see blood all over the floor. They're alarmed by that, and then they find a severed hand on the floor. As they're searching the area, they pull up some cardboard and find Hiroshi with his guts hanging out and one of his eyes gouged out. Yeah, it's it's pretty decent gore. Uh, I think we did better in Rent Rot. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, our intestines look real. These look like a weird cardboard hose a little bit. Yeah. I think our lighting had a big effect on that, too. I think so. But, yeah. I'm just saying we could... We'll find some work in Japan as expert goresmiths. I would love to work on projects like this. <laughs> um, Akira asks Hiroshi if he can hear him. Obviously, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, now they're concerned where Marie is. They follow a trail of blood and goo to a door and find that it's locked, but they hear crying on the other side. There is a closed peep slot, but it opens, and uh, Marie tells them to go away. The group keeps knocking and trying to get let in. They end up uh, busting down the door and find what appears to be an empty room. They find a hanging sheet in the room, but they realize that it's just a uh, sheet and relax after being alarmed by it, but they suddenly see what's behind them, which is Sayoko in what appears to be a wheelchair, basically dead. Akira and Saki take off running, but Ryoko collapsed screaming in front of the corpse. Saki is wearing heels, and she can really move in those heels. <laughs> <laughs> you hear him click-clacking as she runs off, but she gets some speed. So Ryoko's screaming... Um, but somebody comes up behind her and snatches her, a dude in a red hooded coat and what appears to be a tie and, like, dress clothes underneath. He drags her away, um, and she bites his hand, but he lets her go, but handcuffs her. They use the same bite sound effect, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Parasite or not, that was just what they had ready to go in their sound library. So, he pulls up his hood, and we find that it's Naoto from earlier in the film, who was with uh, Sayoko when the incident happened. He yells at her for opening the freezer, uh, but she doesn't know what he's talking about because she didn't open the freezer. It was uh, Marie and Hiroshi who did it. Elsewhere, Saki is climbing down a ladder, and she finds Marie crouching naked and crying. Marie tells her that Hiroshi had fallen over covered in blood. Um, Saki has Marie stand up, and when she does, a pair of glasses drop from between her legs. 
Uh, Saki picks them up, noting that they're Hiroshis, and then uh, Marie rushes towards Saki and starts to kiss her, then pulls her down to the ground, ripping her fishnets and grinding against her. So they're kind of rubbing on each other, um, Saki kind of fighting at first and then getting into it. Uh, We then see the parasite crawling out of Marie and uh, seemingly going into Saki. It kind of looks like it comes out of her ass, but I think that might just be like a censorship issue kind of thing. Perhaps, yeah. Uh, I think we kind of overshot the scene from earlier, like where after uh, she bites off Hiroshi's dick, where you see like her monster crotch. Oh, which yeah. Which is a great, like, just little, like, effect shot where it's just, like, this big toothy uh, green vagina because, once again, you got to... I guess, censor the crotch as much as possible. Yeah, so basically the whole vagina area is covered in a toothy mouth. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then uh, also we missed from that point, uh, she kind of went over to Hiroshi on the ground and squatted over his face, basically. Oh, yeah, to pull his eye out. Right, and apparently steal his glasses, which (laughs) fell out of her. (laughs) So uh, after the uh, creature crawls into Saki, we go back to Naoto and Ryoko. Um, Ryoko's still handcuffed. So Naoto's still yelling at Ryoko for opening the freezer, and he pulls a gun on her, talking about the monster escaping. He pulls back the hammer on the gun, and then there's a loud scream, uh, and he stops, and he says, It's near. Uh, Ryoko grabs a cup of coffee on the table and throws it into Naoto's face and takes off running, still handcuffed. Uh, He's chasing after her, and as he's yelling at her, you know, it said, do not enter, it's your fault. Uh, Some goo drips on him. They look up, and it's Marie on the ceiling with the monster mouth over her snatch. Oh, what a feeling when there's a sexual parasite on the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) So she drops down and grabs Naoto, biting his shoulder. And we see the parasite come out, and it's biting uh, her neck. I love it. I love the parasite. It's the someone's hand in a snake puppet creature. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, Marie opens her mouth, and we see two little parasites come out. And they crawl up Ryoko's leg, but she gets off the ground and swats them away. I think you can see the strings where they're kind of manipulating like the little like wormy creatures just yeah, a they, little bit. Yeah, they look like fishing lures. Yeah. Um, Once again, great practical effects. Yeah, they're great. Great practical effects on a budget. Ryoko runs off as we hear Naoto screaming, help me. Uh, And then the parasite bites Naoto's neck and face and he spits out blood. So we cut back to Akira, uh, who had also run away. He's in the room where they were sleeping, um, where they had the porn and the liquor and such. Uh, Saki walks in and sees him cowering under a blanket. She calls him pathetic. Akira asks where Marie is, and Saki tells him she's on her way there, and he seems relieved. So then Saki basically seduces Akira mm-hmm. and gets on top of Akira and starts making out with him. Um, she starts blowing him in a shot that's, of course, obscured by a liquor bottle in the foreground. <laughs> As... Akira starts sucking on uh, Saki's nipples, and uh, Saki gets on top of him. Uh, Ryoko ends up busting down the door and finds uh, Saki riding Akira. 
Uh, Kira says, it's not what you think. Saki came on to me. As if he has no uh, responsibility in the matter. Right. Um, as And Saki's still riding away on Akira as this goes on. <laughs> She's more parasite than woman now. Uh, Saki says, what's the big deal? We can share. <laughs> Saki opens her mouth and a bunch of spit and some more of the little parasites come out. Uh, Ryoko has her gun pointed at Saki. And Saki asks if she would kill her just for sleeping with her man. So we get another shot inside the vaginal canal of the parasite, and then a shot of uh, Kira's face in pain. Saki says, I'd never cheat on you, and we see blood pouring out of uh, Akira's crotch area. And then uh, Ryoko fires a couple of shots. She opens her eyes and sees that Saki and Akira are gone. But we hear Akira screaming in pain in the distance. So... Ryoko uses some pliers in the room to break her handcuff chain, and she roots through some tools and finds a knife and a couple of other things. Um, despite the fact that she only broke the chain on her handcuffs, they're now gone. Uh-huh. Of course. So she straps the knife and some tools to herself and goes looking for Saki. Yeah, uh, she's on a mission now. She's become Kurt Russell in the thing. Yeah. So she uh, stumbles upon Saki crying, her thighs covered in blood. She cries, asking why this has happened to her. Uh, she says there's something inside her and asks Ryoko to help her. Uh, Ryoko keeps asking where Akira is, but Saki keeps talking about herself. She talks about how her and Ryoko went to school together. Uh, eventually, Saki bites Ryoko's shoulder, and then Ryoko grabs what looks like an ice pick and then runs it into Saki's eye mm -hmm. which, in a great shot. Yes. Uh, Ryoko generates a little distance between them, and Saki pulls the ice pick out with her eye still in it. So Saki's limping towards Ryoko, uh, asking her not to go. Uh, Ryoko then walks into something hanging from the ceiling. She looks up in horror, and it's Akira's guts hanging out of his body, which is hanging from the ceiling. Nice. Saki hears Ryoko scream. Uh, she says it looks like she killed him, but tells Ryoko she loves her. So, um, Ryoko beats Saki repeatedly with a pipe until she stops moving. Yeah, it's not a very um, realistic-looking pipe fight. Yeah. It's probably on par with, like, some local wrestling promotion. Yeah, you know. It happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryoko collapses to the ground um, after, you know, she's taken Saki out. And then Saki's eyes shoot open and she gets up. Uh, Ryoko starts stumbling backwards and Saki gets a hold of Ryoko and reaches into her panties. Uh, Ryoko breaks away with Saki taking a chunk of her hair. Saki backs Ryoko into a corner Saki takes her bra off and wrestles Ryoko to the ground, ripping her shirt open to expose her breasts. Mm -hmm. Ryoko's got some big old titties. Yeah, she definitely has the biggest of the bunch. Uh, I wonder if they were implants or not, but it seems immaterial. It does seem immaterial. Uh, based on her body frame, you would expect them to not be real, but if they are implants, they're very well done because I wouldn't really know. Yeah. Sometimes you look at fake titties and they're obviously fake titties. These, mm -hmm. these were... If they were fake, they were very well done. Yeah, we'll um, we'll find her on Twitter and ask her. 
So uh, Ryoko bites off Saki's nipple. Wait, or does Saki bite Ryoko's? No. I think Saki bites off Ryoko's nipple. Well, no. I think Ryoko has both nipples at the end. She is soaked in blood at the end, so I can't quite recall whose nipple got bit off. So there's some nipple biting. Uh, Saki says, you can eat me too, I'm tasty. So as they fight, Ryoko gets uh, a hold of her knife and slashes Saki's belly open, pulling out some of her intestines. They wrestle on the ground, and then Ryoko chokes Saki out with her own guts. Quite a way to go. Yeah. So Ryoko starts to shuffle away, and then Saki, still alive, grabs her foot. And we see the parasite in full glory, who uh, is outside of Saki at this point, but like walking beside her, basically. Uh, Ryoko kind of gets backed up into the wall, but then she sees a panel behind her with a danger high voltage sign. Oh. So there's like a broken conduit of wires next to it, and she grabs it and jams it into the parasite. The parasite and Saki get fried. Ryoko says, I'm sorry, Saki. We see a little baby parasite crawling up Ryoko's leg as they fade to black. That answers one of my questions. I think I had missed that. So we cut to a shot of a photo of Naoto and Sayoko. Uh, Naoto is apparently still alive, crawling around on the floor. Uh, He crawls to Sayoko in the wheelchair and apologizes. He says, I'll put a cheap fish on your dinner table as quick as possible. I don't know what that means. It's just a Japanese scene. Uh, He collapses in her wheelchair lap and the light in the room falls over as that happens. So we cut to clouds in the sky and we see Ryoko stumbling along the path of the, in the woods. Uh, a minivan comes along and stops to pick her up. The driver asks if she's hurt and she says she's okay. She's covered in blood and her breasts are only slightly covered. Um, because again, her shirt got ripped open during that last fight. Right. He asks what happened and she says she's just a bit hungry. The guy says there's a ramen stand just ahead. Ryoko says she's hungry for something else. We cut to another shot of the parasite climbing down a vaginal canal and gnashing its teeth. And then credits. Oh, shit. Uh, The credits are uh, a shot of the parasite's mouth, and it chomps uh, every time we switch the credits on the screen. Yeah. It's pretty great with with, uh, photos of earlier in the film. It's adorable. Uh, And that is Sexual Parasite, Killer Pussy. We're going to take another quick break here, and then we'll be back with the rest of our uh, thoughts on Sexual Parasite, Killer Pussy. I think this might be my new favorite John Carpenter film. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's shorter than most of them, that's for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's one key to its success. Well, we're uh, back here on the Raincoat Report. Uh, 
As is our tradition, I'll go ahead and turn things over to our resident film critic, Jeremy. Jeremy, what do you think about Sexual Parasite, Killer Pussy? I loved it. Um, I'm a big fan of monster movies, and as you guessed earlier, a big fan of Japanese monsters in particular. Um, and I think this fits perfectly right alongside uh, the Gamoras and Godzillas of this world, even though... <laughs> As far as I know, they haven't gone back to expand on the uh, original one with a franchise, which I think is a little bit of a mistake, but, you know, that doesn't have anything really to do with this film. Um, in this film in particular, uh, it was shot on video, so it's not the best-looking film we've done so far, but it's passable. Right. Like, it looks um, like a good TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Plot-wise, uh, it's great, really it doesn't let up yeah, uh, yeah. for the most part, you know, you're in and out in under an hour, which I can always appreciate because I got things to do <laughs> uh, that aren't, don't involve sexual parasites. Uh, really? No, that's not true. <laughs> you know, I'm not watching movies about sexual parasites. I'm researching them on the internet. Right. I'm posting on sexual inter, uh, parasite forums and such. <laughs> um, but this good film is good research for that. Really? Uh, Sorry, I got sweaty. <laughs> got a nervous sweat. Um, so, you know, I'd say you've, uh, definitely uh, a good film if you're a fan of horror uh, and a fan of uh, weird sexual stuff. Right. This film's got that in spades. Uh, if you want to see many men's dicks being eaten. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen Teeth, the American uh, kind of uh, vagina dentata film. I had imagined that that is like the Matthew Broderick Godzilla to the original Japanese Godzilla. Certainly, yes. Uh, uh, in relation to this film? Yeah, that's a, a perfect uh, perfect analogy there. Uh, this one, it's all sexual parasites all the time, which I can give that even over some of uh, the classic Japanese monster movies where the monster kind of only shows up for like the last like 20 minutes to fight. Right, right. The rest is human drama. This mixes both very nicely, and you get to see a lot of uh, very nice breasts. A yeah. lot of uh, I don't know that I really have like a particular thing for Asian women in particular, but uh, they're all very attractive in this film. I saw um, one or two reviews on IMDb saying they weren't that attractive, but I don't really know like who we're comparing that to. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree I don't with really that see at all. That. Yeah, um, it just got like a very nice kind of like a very nice like splattery vibe to the whole thing. Like there's a uh, some trashy characters. There's right. a, a great hand puppet monster. Right. There's some sexual gore wrestling. I think we might have overlooked at one point. I think maybe when someone gets like a nipple bitten off, but there's just like a chest that's just like soaked in like real like uh like greasy looking blood and everything yeah yeah um overall i would say uh, definitely if you're watching any of these films after we talk about them this is one to check out despite the lack of uh hardcore content yeah yeah uh i'm gonna say i give a, a solid four out of five all right well uh i really appreciate this film a lot um you know as we noted it's a it's you know, an hour long, and that is great. Um, we get in there, we get out. All it's uh, jam packed. 
well-paced, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, if you're looking for monsters, we got them. If you're looking for Asian titties, we got them. Um, if you're looking for B-movie character interactions, we got them. If you're looking for splattery effects, we got them. If you're looking for, um, you know, basically anything that makes a movie good, it's right here. Um, you know, again, if this was, if this also had some hardcore sex in it, it would probably be slightly better. Um, and I mean, there's definitely ways we could have gone like crazier with the monsters, but it probably would have involved a much larger budget. Uh, when you consider that this appears to have been a pretty small, low-budget project with, you know, a few actors, um, it's really well done. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it start to finish. Mm-hmm. I came into it with a little trepidation. Uh, sometimes when we talk about a movie on this show, it's something that one or both of us has already seen. In this case, uh, this was something that neither of us had seen, and I felt like we were taking a gamble by choosing it. Uh, the title, Sexual Parasite Killer Pussy, seemed to indicate that this was going to be pretty wild, but I was kind of worried that maybe it wouldn't be that great. Um, it definitely isn't like super focused on being an erotic film, as I think I mentioned earlier, but as a uh, horror film with erotic elements, it delivers in spades, and I like it a lot. So I would also give it four out of five stars. Uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out this Halloween season. Um, it's uh, it's a great little little thing. Uh, it's available on DVD for you guys out there. Again, it was shot on a standard definition video, so there's not going to be like a fancy Blu-ray. I mean, they could do a Blu-ray of it just upscaled, but it's not going to look any better. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely suggest checking it out because it's pretty cool. It's a fun time. Uh, it's like the thing, except uh, it is. Yeah, I meant to make that. I didn't make that comparison in my review, but yeah, it's like the thing or Cronenberg shivers a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's great. It is. It's great. So uh, you should probably check it out. Uh, all right. Do you have any uh, final words to give on sexual parasite killer pussy? Yeah. Um, if a witch doctor gives you advice, you should probably take it. Yeah, this whole situation could have been, you know, taken care of if they had all listened to the witch doctor to begin with. Yeah. They're uh, just like, leave that alone. Yeah. And they didn't. And, you know, now Japan is overrun by sexual parasites. Yeah, that's why I can't go to Japan anymore. Oh, yeah. I've never been to Japan before. Well, you can't go now for sure. Yeah. I don't want to get my dick ripped. Which is guaranteed to happen if I go to Japan now because of the killer parasites. The sexual parasites. Yeah. The killer pussies. Yes. All right. Well, as always, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you're using. Tell a friend. Let them know about what we're doing over here. Uh, Let them know about sexual parasite killer pussy. Let them know not to go to Japan, or else they're going to get their dicks ripped. Um, but in the meantime, uh, this is Boss for Jeremy. Help us keep 42nd Street alive, and don't forget your raincoat.